Lord, how's everybody doing this morning? That's pretty, that's pretty good. I didn't have to ask twice this week. That's pretty good. It's kind of funny. Uh, I was going to talk about the choir because I've never been a really choir guy, but I heard him sing the song the other night, and it was really good because uh, choirs is a cool place if you want to get involved, guys, because even if you can't sing, you can just kind of mouth it in the background, you know, about, you know, people got the off key and all that, but you can, you can you just look good anyway singing, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's a good place to plug in whether you can sing or not, man. Got a lot of cl- uh, shower singers out there. Praise God. Um, we got Harvest Hangout coming up in October. Yeah, it's going to be a big community event. So if you want to get involved and you want to plug into the church, we're going to have games and stuff outside, bounce houses, and it's all free for, for the kids of the community and stuff. And so it's just a good time of, of food and fellowship and stuff. So uh, anyway, that's a good thing. We have Project Christmas that we're doing right now. Like I said, if you've won the lottery, you got some extra cash and you want to put it in the uh, offering, just label it Christmas Project. Because uh, what we're going to do with that is we're going to try to bless some families families at Christmas time, kind of here in our, our church. We take stuff to the Indian Reservation, and we try to bless the, uh, the orphanage there, and, and we do things like that, but we want to do some more things here in our own church. Praise the Lord. And then uh, November, we're going to be having our Revelations class, which is going to be awesome. Brother White's a great teacher. It's going to be casual. There's food. There's drinks. We're going to have a next door. You can come out and you can learn a lot about the end times and ask questions. It's going to be really, uh, really good. Um, Also, celebrate recoveries on Thursday nights. They had a Thursday night was birthday night. They had 104 people here. That's really awesome. I'm really uh, proud of Celebrate Recovery. It's like our biggest outreach we have here in our church. We've seen a lot of growth in our church from Celebrate Recovery. So you get a chance, you need to plug in on a Thursday night and come out and, and be a part. Liz can use your help. Your help. Uh, they've got our three or four or five people, I think, that work in that ministry. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. And God bless you guys, man, because you're just reaching out to people, people in need, and it's just an awesome, awesome ministry. And then Thursday nights, we have, uh, no, Tuesday nights, we have prayer meeting, which is awesome. And you need to learn to plug into prayer, guys. Prayer will change the situations, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 43, starting at verse 1 in the New King James. And this is what it says. <clears throat> Fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have called you by your name, and you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall over, not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Father, I just come before you right now, Father, and I just ask that you would touch this body, you would touch this church, Father, and let us know, Lord, even though we walk through storms and trials in our life, Lord, that you are a deliverer, and Father, you will walk with us, you will go before us, and you will be with us, Father, and I bind every hindering spirit, Lord, that would try to come against this word today, that would try to snatch my words, and Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would have his his way in this place today, Father, and we give you the praise and the name that's above every name the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My thoughts this morning, guys, is standing through the storms and trials. 
So when the storms and trials come your way, are you going to stand, guys? Are you going to be faithful to stand in the midst of the storms and trials? When the storms and trials of your life come, are you going to trust God? Are you going to hold on to your faith in Christ Jesus? When, when people come against you, are you going to stand up? When the, the trials of the world and the temptations of the world come against you, are you going to stand in Christ? When it seems that trial after trial, uh, fire after fire, storm after storm is coming against your life, are you going to stand in Christ? Or are you going to buckle under the pressure? Are you going to run and hide? Are you going to quit and give up? Are you going to lose your faith, guys, when you're facing the storms and trials in your life? Are you going to stand and you're going to plant your feet in God's word and hold on to his unchanging hand? Are you going to stand? See, Psalms 34 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. See, we serve a God who's a deliverer, who can deliver you from the fire, from the trials, and from the storms in your life. Ronnie Floyd said, you're either going through a storm, you're in a storm, or you're about ready to get into a storm. Life is, a bunch of full, uh, is full of a bunch of storms, um, church. And storms, guys, it's the testing ground for the Christian, for the believer. It's the testing ground for our faith. They, it helps us develop our faith in, in Christ and our faith in Him. It helps you draw closer to the Lord if you don't quit, if you don't give up, you know, and you don't lose your faith. The Bible says in Romans uh, 10, 17 here, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want faith that will help you get through the storms and the trials in your life, then you're going to have to learn to dig into God's word and establish the word in your life. Have a relationship in God's word. See, the word has to become part of our daily routine. You have to get into God's word and let it become alive in your life that, it, that you can stand in the middle of the fires and the storms in your life. Stand in the word. Stand in prayer. Stand in faith. God's word is the foundation of the Christian faith. God's word never lies. It's faithful and it's true. It's been tried and tested and it will stand throughout all time. You have to make time for God's word in your life daily. God's word serves as our hope through the trials that we go through. It's God's assurance in our life that he's going before us in our trials. He's with us in our trials, and he goes behind us, too. He he covers us in all of our trials, guys. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. God's got a purpose in your life, and he's working for you. And you have to be committed to obey God's word. No matter how hot the fire gets, no matter how strong the wind blows, guys, or how hard the trial's going to be, you're going to have to learn to stand in God's word. And remain positive in your faith. No matter what happens in the trial, you still have to stand in God's word. See, there's been many families here in this church in the last couple of years that's, you know, they've, they've suffered the loss of a loved one. You know, and you've prayed and you've asked God, but sometimes the Lord still takes the loved one home. I remember we, we used to gather down here on Thursday nights and pray for my father, for his health and his strength. You know, in one of his last messages he preached here, he was, he was anointed, he was tearing it up, and, but the Lord still took him home. <clears throat> and nothing can prepare, can prepare you for the firestorm of when you lose someone that's close to you, a sudden loss. You know, no, nothing can compare you for that. And I say firestorm because a firestorm, it's intense. It's all-consuming. And when you lose someone, you know, to a loss that's close to you, there's, a, there's just a consuming that goes on in your life. And I remember we were over at my mom and dad's when that happened, and my family was there. And 
there was tons of these emotions that came up that we, you know, we, we've never had to deal with in our life before. And it was intense, and it, it was in a firestorm. But guys, it's, it's, it's knowing God's word that will get you to those times in your life that, that brings comfort and peace to your heart. You have to know who you trust and who you stand with, you know, and you, that God is going to be for you. That God is sovereign, and he knows what tomorrow holds. Praise the Lord, your God. And he knows what's best for you. Romans 28 and, uh, or Romans 8 and 28 says this, For we know that all things work out for the good of them who love God and who called according to his purpose. And even in the times of loss, we know God is working for our good. Yeah. See, you can't, you can't lose heart. You can't shrink back in your faith in the midst of the storms and trials in your life. But you have to trust God and you have to stand in his word. Yeah. And let faith arise in your heart. Stand in obedience to God's word. What does faith through the storms and trials look like? It's standing up when everyone else is bowing. And see, Daniel 3 tells a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And how this king set up a decree that if everybody in the land's got to bow down to this golden image, and if they don't bow down, they're going to be cast into the fire. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were educated. They were smart. They, they knew the scriptures. They, they knew that their God was the real God, that he was the God, Jehovah, that delivered the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. So they weren't going to settle for a fake God. Because, see, guys, when you have the real deal, you're not going to settle what's for fake. And see, uh, and, uh, they had faith in their God. They weren't willing to compromise. They weren't willing to bow a knee to something that was fake when they served the real thing, even if it cost them their life. And so too, too many Christians nowadays want to claim Christ, will want to bow in fear to the things of the world. And you have to stand in faith and know who you are in Christ. And this is what they said to the king here in uh, Daniel 3.17. It says, In this case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, and I like that, let it be known to you, O king that we do not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden image which you've set up. See, they knew who their God was, that he was the true God, that he was a deliverer, yeah. and, that he, and that they, got to, they were going to stay true to their faith in Christ, to God, praise God. No matter the outcome, they were going to stand in their faith. And you know the rest of the story. They were thrown in the fiery furnace, but God showed up and delivered them, praise the Lord. See, in church, there's going to be times in your life you're going to have to stand up and be like them and let it be known. Let people know. Let the world know. Let the enemy know that, that you're going to stand. You're not going to bow, and you're not going to compromise to the things of the world. You've got to be fa faithful to God in the midst of your storms and your trials. The Bible says here in Romans 2.11, uh, for God does not show favoritism. So in other words, the, the same miracles, the same things that God did for the believers in the Bible where he delivered them, he's going to do in your life. If he pulled uh, uh, Paul and Silas out of the prisons, he's going to open the prison doors for you. If he split the Red Sea, he will split the seas in your life, the things that are holding you back. If he fed the multitude with the, the two fish and the five loaves, then he'll, he'll meet the needs in your life. He's no respect a person. He will deliver you out of your storms and your trials in your life too. See, we serve a God that will meet your needs. He will be there with you in the fire, in the storms, guys, and in the trials of your life. Hebrews 13 and 5 says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we need to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. See, we serve a faithful God, guys. But you can't doubt. You can't have fear in your life. What not to do when you're going through the storms and trials? Number one is run. You can't run. 
I've seen so many people when they're going through the storms and fire and, and trials in the life, they want, they want to run. They want to run from church. They want to run from their Christian friends. They want to run from their Christian family. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to run. He wants you to be isolated. See, when you isolate yourself, guys, you, you isolate yourself from help. They'll, they'll want to run and, and get away from anybody that has any kind of anointing in their life that can help speak to them, that can help encourage them, that can help pull them through the storms and trials in their life. And see, the enemy wants you to be by yourself so he can consume your mind with the thoughts of nothing but what you're going through, your troubles and your trials. So you'll have no peace, you'll have no joy, and you'll have no hope of relief in your life. The enemy wants you to quit and give up, give up and throw in the towel, uh, and he puts you out of God's service in your life. And see, when the enemy can get you isolated, guys, and, and get you uh, off to yourself, you're easy prey like a wounded animal out in the wilderness. And see, many of God's people have quit and given up and, and fallen back and went back in their old habits and their old addictions because they've allowed themselves to become isolated in the middle of their storms, in the middle of their trials. And so the only voice they hear is the voice of the enemy speaking to them. It's okay to quit. Give in to your temptations. Give up. No one cares anyway. Don't tell the church your marriage is in uh, trouble. You know, they'll think it's your fault. Don't tell the church you're struggling with, like, pornography and secret sins. They'll think you're sick and kick you out. Don't tell the church. Don't tell your friends that you, that you need help. You're fine. You're okay. You can do it by yourself. You're good on your own. See, church, there's a reason solitary confinement is one of the most harshest forms of punishment that we have in our pr uh, prison system. Because it isolates you from relationships. It isolates you from, from personal contact. And see, that's why it's so important to be involved in a church and have a, a community, a, a, a church of believers that come around you that can speak into your life, pray over you, and, and, and touch you, and grab your hands and lift you up when you're going through the storms and trials in your life. You need relationship. People that will encourage you to, to, to press on and not quit and not give up, to stand firm in his word. So you need relationships. You need people in your life, guys, that can come around you, that can point out uh, things in your life, that can point out the blind spots, the things you don't necessarily see, people that will speak the truth to you, you know, that, that won't lie to you, someone that can come up to you and say, you know what, brother, you you're, say you're struggling with this thing in your life and you want to be free, but every time the altars are open, you never go up. Every time they offer to pray for you, you never go up. What's up with that? Come on, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll pray with you. See, we need people to speak into our lives and point out some things in our life that'll do it in love. See, church, God's plan was never for any of his kids to go through life void of relationships. God's meant to be experienced in community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And your Christianity is to be shared in relationships with people and other believers. See, we gain strength from one another. Yeah. Proverbs says iron sharpens iron. And it amazes me the amount of people that won't run to God when they're going through a storm or a trial in their life. They want to withdraw and pull away from the church, pull away from their friends. They want to stay away and try to work it out on their own. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend that told me, I was, I was all like, uh, where's so-and-so? And they're all like, well, they're going through some things in their life, so they just stepped down and, and, and they're just, they just backed up. Well, how can you 
go through the trials? How can you experience freedom in the trials and the tribulations of your life if you don't come to an altar of prayer? You don't get prayer. You don't go to your brothers and sisters and ask for, for prayer, for strength. You want to isolate yourself and withdraw from the church and, and start missing church two and three times a month. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. See, there's some storms and trials in your life that you can't ride out by taking time off. They won't go away. You have to attack them spiritually through prayer and through fasting. And that's why prayer groups are so important, where you can get your brothers and your sisters to come around you and, and grab your hands, and you can come in agreement about the things that's going on in your life, and you can lift them up before the Lord in power of community and, and get help for the storms and trials that you're going through in your life. The Bible says here in Matthew 18, 19, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in their midst, guys. Amen. Praise the Lord. God never meant for you to go through the fires in your life alone. Amen. Run to God. Run to the altar. Run to a brother and sister in Christ that can help you get through the storms and trials in your life. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I remember there's a sister here in the church that was going through a fire storm in her life at one time. Things were just coming at her, and it was just, it was a crazy time in her life. But instead of running from the Lord, instead of running from the church, she ran to the church. She ran to the Lord. Prayer meeting after prayer meeting. People would come around her. The ladies would come around her, and they would begin to pray for her and speak into her life. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. God's got a miracle. It's going to happen. you got to trust God. Hold on to trust in him. And guess what, guys? God worked it out in her life. He worked that situation out in her life, and she's one of the strongest Christian ladies I know today. She'll be speaking here in uh, November. That's all right. James 4 and 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Church, you have to draw near to God when you're going through the storms and trials in your life. You can't run from God. You need to run to God. Don't isolate yourself from your brothers and your sisters in Christ. There's strength in numbers. What not to do when you're going through the storms and trials? Number two is fear will paralyze you if you allow it to. Fear wants you to get your eyes off of, of God and get your eyes on this, the storm and the trials that you're going through. Fear always wants you to see and hear and think the worst. Fear will cause you to want to quit and, and give up and forget about what God's done for you in your life. Fear will cause you to run and hide. First King tells a story about the prophet Samuel, or not Samuel, I'm sorry, the prophet uh, uh, Elijah, praise God. He was a mighty, uh, mighty man of God. He, God done all these things in his life. He prayed, and it didn't rain for three years. Uh, he prayed for a widow's uh, meal, and, and, it, and it kept multiplying. He, uh, her son died, and he prayed for that son, and he came back to life. And then the, he, he prayed, and fire came down from heaven, and then uh, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and, and he outran the, the uh, king's uh, horses to the town of Jezreel. He did, he done all these mighty works, and, uh, our God done all these mighty works through his life. And then, um, Jezebel, thank you. <laughs> Jezebel spoke a word, sent a word to him that she was going to have him killed. And then he cowered down in fear. He ran for his life. He ran out of the city and to the point he even asked God to take his life. 
And he went and he hid in a cave. How's that happen? How's God do all these things in your life, these mighty works, and then you go and run in fear and you hide and you go and you hide in a cave? It's because of fear. It goes to show you the power, the crippling power fear can have in your life if you allow it to get a hold of you guys. And see, there's so many churches nowadays that's limited to what they can do in their, in their city and their community because there's people that go to these churches that have gifts and talents in their life that can help grow the church, that can help move the church forward, that can help reach out and touch people's life, but they sit in their seats and they don't use their gifts and talents. They stay in the cave because they're bound by fear. See, 1 Kings says this right here. The word of the Lord came to him, talking about Elijah, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing? Here being, guys, a place of fear, a place of isolation, a place of hiding, a place of self-doubt. Are you living in any of those places today? See, there's no place for any of those things in the believer's life. There's no place for those things that should be in in God's house, in God's church. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And who who the Spirit sets free is free indeed. We should come in here and have freedom in our house, freedom in our church. There should be no addictions, no hurts, no habits, no hang-ups, no place of fear here. God's people should be free. We shouldn't be bound by those things. But there's a reason, guys, for no freedom. When the Lord spoke to Elijah, Elijah spoke back, and and he began to give excuses. The children of Israel have forsaken their covenant. They've torn down the altars. They've killed your prophets, and, and I'm the only one left. See, fear will cause you to make excuses for living in the cave. And see, there's a lot of people, guys, that are bound here today because you live in excuses. So you can't let fear grip you to the point that you want to run and hide and live in a cave and withdraw from, from the Lord being able to work in your life. Psalms 27 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? You have to know who you are and who you serve in the midst of, the, of your trials and your storms that you're going through, guys. That you serve a God who is a deliverer. He's a deliverer from Genesis to Revelations, and he will be with you in the storms and in the trials and the fires that you go through in your life. Jeremiah 15 and 21 says this, I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. See, church, we serve a big God who's a shelter in the time of a storm. But the problem is a lot of times, guys, is we make God to be a small God. Because we don't dig into God's word to see really just how big God is. And see, you have to exercise your faith. You have to step out of the cave and let God do something in your life. See, the Lord comes to Elijah and tells him to to stand out of the cave, to get out of the cave and go stand at the front of the mountains. And then the Lord passed by. And then there was this mighty wind that came and it broke the rocks. And then there was an earthquake that came. And then there was a fire that came. And God was trying to to tell Elijah, basically, that I'm in control. I'm in control of the wind. I'm in control of the elements. I'm in control of the storms and and the situations in your life. 
And then God asked Elijah again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah started again with excuses. And God was like, that's enough. Get back into my service. Go anoint me a new king. Go anoint me a new prophet. And see, church, you can't let the storms and trials in your life cause you to run and live in fear and live in a cave. And then you can't cause, allow the excuses in your life to keep you in that cave. Church, come out of the cave. Enough with excuses. You have gifts and talents in your life that God wants to use to grow this church, grow this ministry, to reach out to people around us. And you can't do it if you're living in a cave. You can't do it if you've got excuses in your life. Enough of the excuses. Let's rise up and be the body of Christ. Go outside these walls and touch people's lives. So you have to have a made-up mind to trust God and live in faith. See, the number one thing that you can do when going through the storms, guys, is stay close to God. And James, again, in 4 and 8, says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Church, you have to go after God when you're going through the storms and, and the trials in your life. You have to keep your eyes and your heart and your mind and your focus on him. You have to dig in to his word and let it be a part of your life. Be established in God's word. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. See, guys, when you're going through the storms and trials in your life, you can still be full of God if you'll spend time in his word and stay in his word and, and stay in prayer. The worship team wants to come on back up. So you have to stay committed to the disciplines of the faith through your storms and trials in your life. Just because you're going through storms and trials in your life don't mean you can stop praying and stop seeking God. You have to continually do those things in your life. You have to be committed to spending time in prayer. God's prayer is the lifeline of the believer. Committed to reading God's word. That's the, that's a, that's the believer's foundation in, our, in, in your faith. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to twist my tongue here. You've got to be committed to fasting, self-denial of your will for God's will to be done in your life. See, because devotion won't do it, guys, alone. You have to have spiritual disciplines in your life to grow your relationship in Christ, for it to be healthy, that it will survive through the storms and trials of life. And if you don't believe me, guys, ask anybody with a successful marriage. That devotion only goes so far that then you have to be disciplined in your marriage to make time for your spouse and to spend time with them and to talk with them and to fellowship with them and to communicate with them. Because if you don't, the storms of life will begin to pull you away from each other. Just like boats in a river, the current will cause you to drift apart. And it's the same thing with your spiritual relationship with Christ. You have to spend time. If not, the things of this world, the currents of this world, will begin to pull you and your relationship apart from Christ. See, just because you're married doesn't mean you're in relationship. And just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you're in relationship. See, there's disciplines in the Christian faith, guys. To be in relationship, you have to go after God. You have to draw close to God. Be diligent in your relationship with Him. So, with just every head bowed for a minute, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today, guys, and you've been going through the storm. You've been going through the fire. You've been going through some trials in your life. Maybe you've been hiding in a cave of isolation. 
of fear. God never intends for you to stay in a cave. God wants to put you in a body of, of relationship with believers, and he wants to be in relationship with you because he loves you and he gave his life for you. and He's got plans for you. He doesn't want you sitting on your gifts and talents because you're bound by fear. I know what it's like to be bound by fear. I wasted like 10 years of my life bound by fear. Don't let fear grip you because the Lord can set you free from those things. And if you're here today, guys, I just want to pray with you. The Lord's dealing with you. You're the only one that can make the choice. You want to be free from the things in your life. You want to come out of that cave and experience life to the full in Christ. The Lord's here this morning, and he will touch you. He will meet you, and he will, he will bring deliverance to your life. But you have to be the one that's willing to step out. If you have a need in your body for prayer, I'm going to have the prayer team come on up, and we just want to pray with you. We want to love on you. And if you're new to the church today, man, we just want to welcome you here and be a part of this fellowship and this body of believers. And if we can pray with you today, guys, with any need in your life, that's what the church is for. That's what the body of Christ is for. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. We're here to love on you and to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.